Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This Sunday, besides, of course, celebrating our Lord's resurrection on every October 1st, we commemorate the protecting veil of the Mother of God. This is derived from the experience of a church in Constantinople that the whole city of Constantinople was on alert because they heard of invaders, marauders, those who were coming to pillage and to kill and to take down the city of Constantinople. And so the people of God gathered together in the churches and they spent the entire night in prayer. And during this all-night vigil, a local fool for Christ saw up in the dome of the church the mother of God, then come and stand with all of the faithful, bend down on her knees, and pray fervently for the people. She then took her veil and put it over the faithful who are gathered, thus signifying her protection, her intercessions. This is a glorious feast, and it is one of those, I wouldn't say major feasts of the church, but let's just say major minor feasts of the church. There's like gradations of services. This ranks right under the 12 great feasts. This is, in the heart of the church, one of the great feasts because we rejoice and celebrate that the Mother of God intercedes for us and not just intercedes for us but protects us that she has the great devotion to us as mother we heard this morning in the gospel our lord visiting the house of mary and martha martha is very busy about things and mary is attending to christ and what he has to say and a woman cries out blessing the mother of Jesus. Now we have in our translation, it does not say rather or instead, but it says more than, because the Greek means, can mean more than. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. There is a popular interpretation of this that floats outside of the Orthodox Church. This is God almost denigrating his mother, But the Greek and the way the church has always understood this is saying, yes, blessed is my mother whom I took life from. And more than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. The church has always assigned this passage to this feast and to Marian feasts in general, because who more than the mother of God heard the word of God and kept it? Now, we, of course, think of this metaphorically, but with the mother of God, we need to hear this not only metaphorically, but when she heard the spirit, when she heard the good news and the spirit entered into her, she bore the son of God. She held God within her flesh. And she is depicted through scriptures and iconography as the one who contemplates Christ. The one who is with Christ. The one 
after the event in the temple who treasures and keeps things within her heart knowing that it was to be pierced. She's the one who does not leave Christ alone at the cross. She is the one who is present with all of the apostles at the descent of the Holy Spirit. The church venerates Mary, of course, foremost, primarily because she is the mother of God. But the church also, not just in veneration, but in adoration and then a call to all of us to imitate her. She is the first Christian. She is the one who kept the word, who heard it, and literally kept it within her and bore fruit. We who have also heard the gospel must have Christ birthed within us. This is an image from Paul all through his epistles. And just as she is the one who gave birth to Christ, she is, as we heard in the epistle reading, she is within the Holy of Holies. She's the golden censer. She's the Ark of the Covenant. And within the Ark of the Covenant, we have the Ten Commandments, the budding rod of Aaron, the manna sent from heaven. We, too, are called this morning by Paul to become temples. He tells us, or asks of us rhetorically, Paul loves to ask lots of questions for rhetorical effect. What agreement has the temple of God with idols? Obviously, everyone that he would have addressed this epistle to would know that. You, Paul tells us, are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. From this, this promise of God to dwell and walk amongst us, to be our God. Paul says, therefore, because of this truth, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Brothers and sisters, we are the temple of the living God. And it is our bodies themselves that have been called to holiness. We have been called out of the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, to enter into the relationship with God as Father, so that you and I can be sons and daughters of the Lord. Those who were alienated, those who are lost, those who are sunk in sin and in darkness have been elevated, called out into the light. And we've been called out in order to enter into this relationship with God such that we live differently from the world. Our affections, our hopes, our entire life oriented towards heaven. Paul continues saying with these promises that God comes and lives with us, dwells with us, that he calls us out and becomes our father, that we should, as he says, cleanse ourselves from the filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. With the promises of God in our midst, we should cleanse ourselves of all filthiness, body and soul, perfecting 
holiness in the fear of God. Because God's work to call us out from sin to bring us into relationship is a process. Yes, there is the the initial calling out. We had this morning a baptism. So we have little Marianne has now been called out, as we say in the prayers, from the body of the flesh and made to be a child of the kingdom. But this, as being enlisted as a, new, uh, as a new warrior of Christ, is the beginning. It is a calling for us to continue in growth in holiness. We cleanse ourselves, and this is a present action. It's not that we were cleansed once and then that's it. It's that we cleanse ourselves. This is continual repentance. Constant repentance. Because we are called by God to perfect holiness. This presumes growth in holiness. Not status quo, not just accepting what is. And as I've said before, that means that we're either growing or we're dying. There's not just kind of steady. In that steadiness, if we want to use that metaphor, that means rooting ourselves or growing in Christ. But there has to be growth or there is death. Now, we need to hear this because if we hear what our God and Lord says in the gospel this morning, he has set a very high bar for us. He calls us to love enemies. He tells us, we all love those who like us, those that we get on with. But what credit is that to you? Because God has called his people beyond just natural affections to heavenly, eternal affections. This call to love enemies is impossible if we do not imitate the Theotokos, if we do not have our heart shaped by the word, by keeping the word, by in little bits here and there cleansing ourselves of filthiness and perfecting holiness in the fear of God. This is not a uh, once-in-a-lifetime thing. This is not an instantaneous thing. We're not sprinting. We're running a marathon. And so we need an imitation of the Theotokos to constantly attend to God, to cleanse ourselves, and to perfect ourselves in holiness. To continue to grow. The Theotokos, her heart shaped by the word, gives us a few examples for us from her life. Keeping the word means committing scripture to memory. To having the word growing deeply within us. This means regular study of the commandments of Christ the memorization of the Beatitudes, looking to the fruit of the Spirit, studying and understanding what the vices are, what is not the fruit of the Spirit, but what is fruit of Satan, such that we can actively cleanse ourselves, because if we do not know what we are to grow to or what we are to turn away from, it's very hard for us to repent. Regular repentance means a commitment to sacramental confession, regularly checking in with the doctor, as 
the tradition, the fathers of the church and scripture talk about the priest as the doctor. We need this regular review. We need to set our minds and hearts and desire on heavenly things, uprooting worldly habits and replacing them with godly practice. I suggest this week that you do an audit of your time. How much of your time during the day is spent on things of God and how much of the time is spent on distraction or little things here and there, but maybe two minutes given to God. Audit then your week. How much time do you spend in prayer? How much sacrifice do you give in order to come to the services? If it has been months and months since your last confession, it is time to schedule a confession or come on a Saturday evening to come to confession. Now in all of this, you may hear this and just sigh or say, I'm exhausted I am despondent, I am beside myself, I am overwhelmed. Well, brother and sister, you have the protecting veil of the mother of God. This presumes attacks, this presumes exhaustion, and the mother of God covers you and prays for you. Let me suggest, as one practice, as a way through overcoming this exhaustion and despondency is to sing. We commemorate today Romanos the Melodist and John Cucuzelis, both chanters who pinned hymns not only to the Mother of God, of course, but to God, to all of the saints. It is an incredible practice to memorize particular hymns to your patron saint, to St. Anne. I bet that you have the Traparian of the church memorized by now or close to it. Maybe you could go on YouTube and just grab it out or just hit, go find that place and then write it down. It's online. I could give you the music. What we need, especially in our bodies that are to seek holiness, singing helps draw us out of ourselves. It puts us before God. It makes our whole body vibrate with the presence of holiness when we sing and laud and praise and do all things so that our tongue, our mouth, our mind, our heart are directed towards he who ordained all things for us, who wants nothing but our love and our heart and who his own mother is there in our corner praying for us, encouraging us, protecting us. Let us imitate the mother of God in keeping the word of God, committing scripture to memory, actively repenting daily and every evening reviewing our life and our day, setting our minds and hearts on heavenly things and turning away or replacing what may be okay and acceptable with things that are actually going to feed us. Let us join Romanos and John Cucuzelis in singing and uplifting our hearts for our sake and for the life of the world. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.